It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, guys? Today we have a special episode of Locked On Wizards. You got your boy Ed D and our special guest, Neil DeLaw a Wizards reporter for Hoop District. I know a lot of Wizards fans, you know all about Hoops Districts. You know about Neil. I'm pretty sure you guys all follow him. Um, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, most definitely. Thanks for having me. For sure, for sure. Um, Today, this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. It can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Guys, I do want to thank you as well for making Locked On Wizards your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, as usual, we got a couple questions for Neil. Hey, let's get right into it. Yeah, we just want to get your uh, main takeaways from the game last night against the Timberwolves. And um, would you give a grade to the team on a West Coast road trip? Or how did you feel? Did you learn anything from on how they put on that West Coast road trip? Yeah, so, you know, definitely that Wizards win over the Timberwolves was much needed. You know, they came off the road trip kind of so-so, two and two. You know, you can't complain about a four-game road trip, their longest, you know, stretch of the year so far. But, you know, Bradley Beal said it, you know, they very easily could have been 4-0 if they can beat, you know, a down Pelicans team, a down Spurs team. You know, they could very easily been 4-0 and, you know, maybe should have been 4-0. So that Timberwolves win was, you know, much needed. This isn't, you know, the Timberwolves of years past that, you know, most teams have been able to just walk over. They're playing pretty good basketball uh, under Chris Finch. You know, they're pretty healthy for the most part. Finally have D'Angelo Russell, uh, Anthony Edwards, and of course, Carl Anthony Towns together. So it was good to see the Wizards, you know, come back. They were, you know, down for a good part of the second half. Um, but, you know, their fourth quarter was able to take over again. Definitely. Yeah, Trez's $10 were a huge part of that win, too. Well, yeah, Minnesota had absolutely no uh, answer for him whatsoever. After he had the last dunk against Anthony Edwards, he was, you know, yelling at the crowd, that's not enough. <laughs> you know, they got to bring more help. I thought that was hilarious. Great personality. Right. Yeah, and, man, I, I thought I thought the Wizards had a great bounce-back game against the Timberwolves, especially coming off that Spurs game where the paint defense was non-existent. I mean, the Spurs were giving whatever they wanted down low. I mean, tons of floaters. Thaddeus Young, I mean, he was giving Montrez the business in that game when he came in. I mean, it was tough. So it was great to get a nice bounce-back win against the Timberwolves, for sure, at home, 8-2, and two, I believe, at home this season. Mm-hmm. Only thing I say is they got to they gotta do it on the road, too, man. They got to do it on the road. That's how you really want to be a good team. Take that energy you have at home and bring it on the road. But... Neil, I did see you tweet today. You had an update about Rui Hachimura. So I did have a question about you um, for you about his timetable for return, just you being around the team in the situation. Um, what's your take on it? 
Um, and how do you see him and Thomas Bryant fitting into the rotation when they come back? Yeah, you know, I know, you know, probably a lot of Wizards fans are frustrated about the very incremental and slow progression that Rui has had, you know, since he's returned. He's been back, you know, in the country and, you know, in D.C. for a couple months now. I want to say it was, you know, towards the end of training camp that, you know, he officially returned, wasn't necessarily around the team. Um, but he's doing more, you know, bit and more each and each every day. He's still not doing contact, which to me is the biggest indicator that, you know, he's still multiple weeks away. But he's finally around the team more. You know, he was sitting on the Wizards bench for the first time yesterday against the Timberwolves. You know, it's a small thing, but, you know, it's better than nothing, right? He's been away from the team for so long, probably dealing with a lot of, you know, personal issues and personal things that, you know, post-Olympics, the stress was probably way too much for him, way too much for any, you know, guy in his young 20s like that. Um, but I think he'll be around, you know, even more around the team. He's picking up the terminology, picking up the lingo, which is, hopefully going to help make the transition, you know, a little bit that much smoother. But until he can do, you know, contact 1v1 versus coaches, 2v2 versus coaches, the Wizards don't practice much. He's not going to have an opportunity to go 5v5 live scrimmaging against NBA quality players, you know, that often. How many of those does he need before they feel comfortable throwing him out onto the floor? It's probably not going to be as a starter. It's kind of probably going to be off the bench and, you know, very small spurts, 10, 15 minutes maybe. He can go play with the go-go, but again, that's still a much different animal. So I would think he's looking at at least two, three weeks before we even hear rumblings of him playing in an NBA game. Yeah, that's interesting. And to talk about just Thomas Bryant really quickly, I know he's been recovering. And how has he looked in on the court and just his rehab process that you've seen? Yeah, you know, I think Thomas Bryant, you know, very energetic guy. He's, you know, chomping at the bit to get back out there. I think it's very plausible that we could see him play in an NBA game this month before the end of the calendar year. He's looked really good in all of his training and all of his recovery. You know that he does both away with the wizard, away from the Wizards, you know, before they reported for training camp and now what he's able to do with them now. Um, you know, he's looking pretty spry out there. He's done some sprints that people have seen and, you know, doing cutting and stuff. I one time I saw in a funny game, Chase Hughes pointed it out to me when Thomas is running out of the tunnel and getting to the court, you know, he was uh, weaving his way through fans that were in the way. I was like, ah, oh, I guess he has his cutting ability back. Um, so he's, you know, chomping at the bit. I saw him at the Thanksgiving event that the Wizards and Monumental Basketball put on. You know, he's always very excited, energetic guy. So it'll be good, hopefully, to see him, you know, maybe, who knows, he might be back on the floor before Rui is. Yeah, and how do, how do you see Thomas Bryant fitting in? Because Gaff has played so well. I mean, he's had three double-doubles in a row, Trez, 10 dunks. Um, you know, last year we had the three-center rotation with Alex Lynn and Robert Lopez and, and um, Gaff, but I think these three bigs together are a lot better than what we had last year. How do you see uh, TB's minutes when he comes back? Ruiz and Ruiz, too. Yeah, so last year's three-man, you know, center rotation was, you know, kind of a – just how peculiar that season really was. But, you know, this year it's, you know, they have three, you know, starting quality centers almost at West Lundell Jr.'s disposal. And, you know, he's a very much a basketball savant, always looking to, okay, how can I exploit my matchups best, right? So it might not necessarily be a three-man rotation at the center position every game. You know, maybe Trez needs a night off. Maybe he's not a good matchup defensively. Maybe Thomas Bryant can really stretch out the opponent's defense with his three-point shooting ability. He was a you know, 40% three-point shooter before he got hurt 
last year. They really expected a lot of him um, within the organization. So I don't know how it's going to turn out minutes-wise. You know, I think probably West Hamsell Jr. probably doesn't even know how it's going to turn out minutes-wise. But I would be, you know, unsurprised if it's something not like, okay, Gaff gets 20 minutes, Treads gets 20 minutes, Thomas Bryant gets eight minutes. It's going to maybe fluctuate from game to game. Maybe it's two guys play. Maybe it's three guys play. I think that's something, you know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, with Rui, you know, obviously his minutes, once he becomes fully healthy, fully back to the Rui Hachimura that, you know, was dunking over Anthony Davis last year, you know, he's going to demand minutes. He's a starting quality caliber player in the NBA. He started both his years so far with the Wizards. So someone's going to get squeezed out of the rotation. When the Wizards are fully healthy, that guy already seems to be a Corey Kispert who, you know, isn't getting that many minutes over, say, a, you know, Aaron Holiday. But, you know, Davis Bertans, as good of a game as he had against the Timberwolves last, or last night, you know, bouncing back from, you know, three-plus-week ankle sprain, which is pretty significant, you know, if he doesn't keep putting those games together, could he potentially be squeezed out of the rotation? I'm sure that would delight, you know, many of Wizards' Twitter um, but it will certainly be interesting between Rui, Denny, Kuz, and Bertans. You got a lot of players that play that, you know, three, four position. Not all of them are going to get minutes when you only have 48 at each position. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, and I'm glad you, um, actually brought up Davies Bertans because that is going to lead us into our next question. But first, I do have to get a, to a message from our friends over at Truebill. Is your ex still using your Netflix? That's one, what a woman found out after she downloaded Truebill, which finds and cancels subscriptions with just a tap. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Like Matthew who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my CyrusXM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now on Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, guys, I do want to thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen each and every day. So, it Davies Bertans, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, Neil, how you feel about Davies, uh, his season in general, and uh, should he be – I mean, how, how long of a leash do you think Wes is going to give him? You know, you see Kimball Walker being put out of the rotation. You see Blake Griffin. There's some big names who are being sat down. Um, so I just want to get your 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 insight and your take on Davi so far and, um, you know, his, his minutes going uh, going into the future. Yeah, you know, I think Davis Bertans, you know, unfortunately for him, he gets, you know, a lot of the brunt of Wizards Twitter, uh, you know, 
fury. Um, we'll put it that way. I think he's been, you know, unfortunately had just had bad luck, you know, past year plus season plus, you know, we're already a quarter into this season between, you know, last year, you know, he didn't play at all over the off season because essentially he was a free agent. He couldn't afford getting a mysterious, stupid injury over the off season. He got paid then couldn't get back into the country in time because of COVID madness, you know, between COVID uh, that he was out with protocols for the calf injury, you know, last season was a complete waste for him almost this year. It's like, Oh man, here we go again with this ankle sprain. You know, we don't know how bad it was, you know, West didn't necessarily say, okay, it was a grade one, grade two, grade three, but you know, the way he described it of how much it swelled up, he was out three plus weeks, you know, he's got to be a pretty nasty ankle sprain. That entire road trip, you know, to me is a wash almost. Yes. He was one of 19 from three, I think overall for the season before uh, last night uh, against the Timberwolves, he was 11 of 49. So to me, it's like, that's not a huge sample size right now for a guy, you know, still working his way back for a guy who also has to reacclimate himself into a new offense, um, different from Scott Brooks's system that he's played in, you know, last couple of years. So to me, with this time that Rui is still out, you know, which could be, you know, a month plus or minus, you know, X amount of weeks, um, you know, that's essentially the leash I have for him, right? Let, can he be, have more of the games like he did against the Timberwolves than the other games that he has the rest of the season? Because when he's hitting three-point shots like that, it takes the Wizards offense to a whole nother level. The rest of the guys on the Wizards team is stinking it up from three as well. You know, Brad <laughs> included, Howell included. You know, it's not pretty for them right now. So they definitely need Dalvis Bertans. And, you know, regardless of his $80 million contract, they need him to play better for them to unlock that next level. So the leash I give him is, you know, pretty long. Definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we need we need that shooting bad. We need that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been hard on Bertans um, for a little while now. And it's. I think a lot of the issue is with majority people is, yes, like you say, a lot of people have been struggling, like Neto and Brad, et cetera, but they've been playing decent defense and people see Davies Bertans, he'll miss a three. Mm -hmm. Then on the opposite end, he'll give up an and one. And now people are just like, this guy don't play defense. He's not doing what he's paid to do on offense. What is he in the game for? He doesn't help us anywhere. But I mean, like you said, I mean, the Wizards are just hoping on, holding on to the hope that he can return to form. Because like you said, it is very true. It's factual that with him shooting the ball well, it takes the Wizards offense to a new level, man. Defenses have to respect that, and that opens up looks for the other guys. I mean, hopefully, last I mean the last night against the Timberwolves, it was the start of something good. Um, is you just gotta keep it consistent um and do it against the Cavaliers. But one other thing, Neil, that has been a topic of Wizards Twitter to say, um, is Spencer Dinwiddie and Bradley Bill's chemistry together. Um, people have been talking about it a lot. Um, what is your evaluation of Dinwiddie's play so far and his chemistry with Bill? You know, do you know anything about his rehab process? Um, why do you think he hasn't been as aggressive when Bill plays as averse to when Bradley Bill hasn't played with him? Yeah, and, you know, I think the 10-3 and three start that they had as a team, you know, really raised expectations and the bar for this team, you know, a lot. And I think that kind of did them a little bit of a disservice. Because at the end of the day, half of the roster is still turned over. They got, what, six-plus guys in the rotation that weren't here last year. Whole new coaching staff, whole new philosophies, whole new plays that they're trying to implement. 
you know, training camp, you get, you know, some of that stuff done. But Wes Unsell Jr. even explained, you know, I'm bringing it along slowly. There's no reason for me to throw 100% of the book at them right now and for them to remember it, you know, at, you know, C-level quality. You know, he wants them to learn the basics, you know, and learn it at A quality. Then implement some more stuff, learn it at A quality. That way by, you know, say all-star break time, you know, they have a full, you know, offensive playbook at their disposal and they know how to execute it well instead of just mudding it through all the way. So, you know, obviously the numbers speak for themselves, the disparity between Spencer and Brad on the court versus only one of them on the court or only one of them, you know, available for a game. I think a little bit of that is, you know, Spencer doesn't want to step on other people's toes. You know, all of the people and all of the pieces around here are legitimate players, you know, between Dinwiddie, Beal, Trez, Kuzma, you know, they got a lot of players, KCP, Gafford, you know, he he needs some every now and again. You know, they got a lot of players who can contribute, a lot of people that need the ball. Dinwiddie's clearly, for the first three quarters, delegating a lot. Maybe he needs to do less of that. And that's something that, you know, Wes has said that he's had conversations that, okay, you know, in certain points, you need to be more aggressive. But I think all of that would hopefully improve just as they get more reps and as they get more comfortability together. Um, it's only a quarter of the season in, you know, that seems like a lot percentage wise, but 20 NBA games is, you know, not a whole lot to get familiarized with people um, that you're playing with for the first time. So they still got to incorporate Ruby, still got to incorporate Thomas Bryant. You know, they might not hit their full gear until after the all-star break, but you know, the wizard's hope is that, Hey, we're playing really good right now. We're doing decently in the positioning seating standings. Let's continue that all the way through and hit our stride going into the playoffs and see what we can do. Yeah, and that's kind of what where I feel with it. It's early. It's so early. Bradley Bill even said that they haven't even fully gotten West Unsell Jr.'s offense under down. I mean, down pat. So it's not a surprise that him and Spencer with a full new roster, full new system. You know, it's had you know been a little iffy. I mean, even Russ and Brad at the beginning, early stages, were struggling to get it together until they kind of clicked towards that later half. So, I mean, I still have hope. Um, I think Dinwiddie, especially, the aggressiveness will come as well. And like you said, it's other guys. He, he's try, I think he's trying to find that balance of getting his while also trying to involve his other teammates and letting them eat. Because like you said, there's other legitimate guys on this team too who's trying to get touches. So definitely, I, I think I think it'll be all right. You know, we're still early. We're still early. Wizards are playing well, even with that connection not being 100% right now. But I think it'll be all right. And before we get to our next question, which is dealing with pace. I know Kyle Kuzma spoke about it and said it's, you know, it's pretty bad right now. Uh, we do have a message from our friends over at Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with descendant flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And in high protein, you get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring your up. Your favorite Bill Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things get out of hand. You friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings with so many flavors 
They make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice mostly Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand, like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays. You need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So, Ed, I know we've seen, and Neil, we've seen Kyle Kuzma <laughs> say the transition, and you know it sucks. The fast break points are bad. Ed, I mean, let's get into the next question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kuzma says our pace sucks, the transition sucks. Um, right now we're ranked 27th in pace, we're ranked 27th in fast break points. You saw Kuz in the Spurs game run, and he's just looking around. He's like, what in the world's going on? Why aren't you guys running? So I just want to get your take on um, what do you think about the Wizards' offensive struggles? Like, why have they been struggling offensively? Um, do you think they should try to push the pace? Um, is that something that Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, should try to instill? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, for all of Scott Brooks's other flaws, pace was the one thing that, you know, his team did well last year. Granted, you know, that might have been the staple of the offense, which isn't super reliable, but, you know, something that Wizards fans became familiar with. You know, they were up and down the court, you know, super fast. You know, Ish Smith, Russell Westbrook, you know, that's what they did. Um, yeah, Kuz is right and, you know, refreshingly, you know, truthful in everything that he says. Um so it was very interesting for him to say that, you know, I think it's, you know, TBD, whether they necessarily, you know, do that moving forward. Um, but I think what's going to be interesting for, you know, Wes is, you know, previously he said, okay, you know, we don't always want to run because if that's not necessarily the most efficient thing to do, you know, then that's detrimental to us. You know, his worry is that, you know, they run, they push, they have a bad miss and they're, you know, flat footed themselves getting back in transition defense where they still, you know, tend to struggle a little bit. Um, so I think they will try and, you know, encourage more of it. You know, I think most definitely, you know, off those rebounds, you know, like you said, Kuz is looking around sometimes like, Brad, why didn't you run in the corner? Like, come on, like, this is easy opportunities for you sometimes. Um, it's definitely something that they need to have a better mentality with. You know, I think sometimes, you know, that just goes into, you know, the effort and intensity is not necessarily there. So that certainly needs to be cleaned up. But I'm not necessarily saying that they need to, you know, go back to, you know, flying up and down the court like they were under Scott Brooks um, and, you know, trying to do everything that way because, you know, the defense is put at a disadvantage sometimes. Yeah, and we look at it this way, too. They've just been so bad from the three-point line. It's like they miss they miss a lot of wide-open threes. So 
Um, you know, they just try to push. You got guys like Gaff who can run, Trez who can run. Trez is great at running. He gets up and open dunks. Um, so it is definitely something to consider for the for the uh, future with this offense. Yeah. And, I mean, I've said it before. I, I mean, they don't need to run like the Hornets, but I do want to see them pick it up a little bit. I think it will help getting those easy buckets, getting those buckets in transition. And, I mean, us as Wizards fans, we're accustomed to it with Russ and then John, even as Smith. So I definitely do think they could pick up the pace. I would like to see that. Don't got to go crazy fast, but faster than they're doing now, I would say. But um, just the last question before we get to just keys of victories and against the Cavs and the bold prediction now. Your thoughts on Denny Avdia? I mean, he's having a old NBA defensive type season. I mean, what are your thoughts on his development? I mean, do you have a comparison for Denny? Um, and what do you see in his game do you, that you think he needs to improve on? Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't like to give comparison to guys just because, especially for someone like Denny, because the Wizards mm-hmm. hope that there is no comparison for him, right? They want him to be that all-defensive level type of player, but also have three-point shooting and playmaking and ball handling on the offensive end. You know, three-point shooting hasn't necessarily come yet. You know, when I had spoken to one of his uh, Maccabi coaches, um, Velko Perovic before last season, you know, he, he admitted right away, you know, three-point shooting is not going to be very good the first season. You know, he was only drafted, you know, a year and a few weeks ago. So it's, you know, somewhat tangible to have such high expectations for him. But like you said, defensively, he's, you know, locking some guys up. Um, you know, I think the NBA is going to start to figure him out a little bit. I think, you know, there's a stereotype very much about, oh, he's just a, you know, tall, white European guy, you know, not fast, you know, we can get by him. And a lot of teams were going at him um, for that reason. But we'll see. Like, I think he's orchestrating more of the offense even more um, with the second unit, you know, when Spencer Dinwiddie is in with them, you know, he's handling the ball for them, you know, at the beginning of their sets. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how he continues to progress. You know, obviously he's a workaholic. So, you know, the Wizards only hope for, you know, high expectations for him as he continues. I don't think he's even played, you know, maybe 70 NBA regular season games so far. So still a lot to love um, and a lot to, you know, look forward to with him. Yeah. I, I, I do see a lot of people talking about, you know, his left hand and saying he needs to work on his left hand. And, but one thing I do like about Denny offensively is it seems like he's more comfortable with shooting that three ball, you know, and sometimes it may not go in, but, you know, I, I like the willingness to continue to shoot it because eventually it'll start going in. I don't think he has bad form or anything. I think he has a pretty good form, looking shooting form. So, I mean, and defensively, I mean, he's I mean, he's been amazing. I knew he can use his length. He did it in Israel coming out. You know, he was good at using his length, et cetera, and just going straight up with his hands. But, I mean, he's been amazing right now. And like you said, all the the clamps and et cetera, guys take note of that. You know, you seen him with Jimmy Butler, you know, was talking to him a little bit. Guys are going to start to try to go at him. They hear the chatter. They hear the talk. You know, all, all these defensive rating and all that. You know, they come into these games. and We'll see about that. So I'm just glad Denny is doing good defensively. And I hope he's up for the challenge because, like you said, guys will be coming for him. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's down to actually. It's, it's the denitentiary, as as everybody calls it. I mean, he's strapping up Brandon Ingram and, and Giannis. But uh, before we let you go, what's your favorite ludicrous song? And are you going to the concert after? And of course, on a serious note, what's your um, keys to victory to beating the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow night? 
and, and let's get a bold prediction too. Man, all right. So definitely gonna you know stay there for the ludicrous you know post game concert. You know Daniel Gafford's funny guy. He was like, yeah, my fiance say we're going, so we're definitely going. But he's also a ludicrous fan. Um, so that would, should certainly be good. Uh, best song. There are a lot of good ones. I'm a, a big fan of everything he does with the Fast and Furious franchise. So, you know, Act a Fool might be up there. Um, you know, move, you know, I don't know if this is PG-13 rated podcast, but, you know, <laughs> I'm sure our listeners know uh, that song. Right, definitely excited for it. that. Um, for the game beforehand, you know, obviously Cleveland is a team that, you know, has done pretty well for themselves, you know, surprise, you know, a little bit surprisingly so. Um, early on this season. So the Wizards already saw them once, you know, in Cleveland, both times they're without Colin Sexton. Um, but, you know, they're still a very dangerous team. Evan Mobley, you know, Jared Allen, um, you know, they even got Laurie Markinen, uh, Bradley Beals, you know, good friend and, you know, mentee Darius Garland. Um, so they're certainly going to pose a challenge for the Wizards. But, you know, for a team that, you know, unfortunately is going to have, what is it? nine of their next 10 games after this one on the road, including, you know, a six game uh, West coast, then New York road trip, you know, they definitely need to get this one. You know, maybe the, maybe the bold prediction this time will be that, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, had a great fabulous game, um, you know, playing alongside Bradley Beal. Maybe he goes for, you know, a solid 25 points and, you know, 10 assists. So maybe that'll be my bold prediction. I'm, I'm going to have to tell Spencer that he can't make me look bad. So that would be my hot take. Right. I mean, the bad thing is that 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 shouldn't be a bold prediction. It should be an everyday thing that Brad and Spencer are playing well. But it takes time to gel. Like Clue said, you know, Rome's not building today. It's take 20 days to find your – 20 games to find your identity. But I, I like the bold prediction. We'll, we'll, I'll definitely tweet at you if it, if it happens. Appreciate it. Definitely. Um, and once again, now, I want to thank you for coming on. Do you have anything you want to shout out? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, you know, as you said in the beginning, you know, you can find, you know, some of my work at Hoop District, um, at Hoop underscore District on Twitter. Um, I'm at Neil the Law 96 on Twitter. Um, so feel free to come follow us. Yeah, definitely. Go follow Neil, guys. He reported for the Wizards, you know, post game, coach pressers, everything you need, Wizards content. Neil got you for sure. And guys, once again, I do want to thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen each and every day. Now for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Well, guys, I want to thank Neil once again for coming on. Hopefully, me and Ed will be back at you guys after Wizards W against the Cavaliers, man. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Hail to the Wizards and peace. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.